wait. You haven't seen that? With Sista, Brie, and Megan, and Princess Tegan Wu under the blankets. Tongue out, sleeping, very cozy. Yes. So this is our continued conversation from when we watched Star Wars, A New Hope. Get into it, guys. It, yeah, the shenanigans continues. All the fashion. <laughs> All the fashion review. <laughs> We're here for it. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I think Star Wars, it's interesting, I think it was one of those movies that really hit the scene and just took everybody by surprise. Super low budget. Um, you Wait, know, did we get a budget? New director. Ooh, I did not look up the budget. I'm very curious. But, uh, yeah, I mean, new director, right, um, who had never written anything of this capacity before, and, yeah, what what a crazy whirlwind it took for everybody. Um and just, I think the, yeah, the insanity of when it hit the theaters. I was talking to my parents about this, and quick backstory, my dad owned a comic book store for years, um, he just recently sold it and retired, but, um, he was the one who introduced me to this, to this genre and this, uh, fandom, and watching it, I watched it originally on laser discs, so <laughs> that'll tell you a little bit about how old I am. And <laughs> but also, it's like, oh man, laser discs! What great quality of that! It was uh, just amazing. And I grew up with like Star Wars figurines and things like that that had originally came out in you know the eighties, I think, at that point. And uh, yeah, it was just a wonderful time to be alive and be experiencing that. What, yeah, just what a cool take on that. Totally. How yeah. many times did your dad see it in the theater, I wonder? Oh, so my I was actually talking to my mom about this. She was actually a bigger Star Wars fan than my dad was. Oh. Which is insane. This is very prob- surprising. Probably why they got married. Um, <laughs> but also, Star Wars. Um, my mom told me that I think that she saw, I don't think it was A New Hope. I think it was, was it Return of the Jedi? Or no, Empire Strikes Back, maybe. I think it was Empire, no, wait. Is it Return of the, is Return of the Jedi the sixth, fifth, sixth, fifth uh, <laughs> episode five? <gasps> right, because like the Empire Strikes Back, and then it's the Return of the Jedi. Yeah, right, right. Yes. Okay, so I think Empire Strikes Back. She saw, she said over twenty times <gasps> in the movie theater. Whoa! Because Holy and this cow. is why you guys because it took a long time to have these movies come out. I mean, I feel like we're so spoiled these days because. I mean, even still, you have to wait, what, it's like probably three months after it's left theaters, right? Three or four months. Mm -hmm. And then it's out. And, uh, I mean, unless you're illegally downloading, which none of us do. But, that's like, my mom was telling me about this and she was like, I had to see it as many times as possible. I had to do all these things. And I'm not going to say what she exactly said. I'll wait until we actually watch it because it's a little spoilery, so I'll wait. But, um, but she was like, yeah, I saw it a thousand times because it was such a cliffhanger and la 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 la, all these things, um, and was so excited about it, she had to go see it that many times in the movie theater. Aww. Pumped on life. Kathy. Kathy, Kathy McCord, shout, shout out. Shout out, what out up, Kathy. Girl. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah, she's the cutest. It's fine. <laughs> I'm trying to think now, like, what movie I've seen the most in the theater. Probably Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship. Yeah. I saw that 12 times in the theater. What? Yeah, I did. Holy shit! You, yeah. saw, you I saw, did. saw Fellowship 12 times? I did. Jesus, I saw like it a lot. I don't think I saw it that much, though. Days of your life. Yeah, for real, though. My younger brother, Zach, uh, and I, who's... 
Zach Luna, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, is a huge... Uh, he and my our older siblings, too, actually, are a huge part of, like, why fandom appeals to me at all, because it was, like, connected to us growing up. But uh, he and I could not get... I remember seeing the trailer for that film and being like, I'm into this, I'm down. And I, f- I feel like that kind of had a similar buzz. Like, that's something sure. that I can, like... M- akin that to of like when star wars came out like for our generation it was probably lord of the rings slash harry potter but yeah i remember yeah that movie (sighs) blew me away yeah yeah oh my god yeah i remember seeing fellowship in theaters too yeah no wait a minute have you seen those you've seen those have you seen those um i saw i saw (laughs) i definitely saw the first one okay okay Okay. definitely saw the first one oh my god you guys more things in the theater in the theater Guys, our list just keeps growing every it does. time. It does. Sorry, this is basically our interaction always is just us being like, wait, have you seen that? Yeah. That is that is why it's the title of our podcast. So it's so true. And we should say so too the, the birth of this is actually around Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. Yes. I feel like we do need to say that as well. Mm-hmm. So the three of us began watching Buffy, um, the TV show, not the movie. Um, so we began watching I've already seen the Times. Obviously. Obviously. <laughs> in it for those outfits. <laughs> Which is hilarious because Split, like, I have never seen the Buffy movie. Me neither. Really? Me neither. What? I really? Know. Ah, I yeah. know. So that'll, that'll be on our <laughs> list as well. Just heads up. Pee Wee Herman's in it. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's oh, yeah. Great. But I grew up watching the show. Um, I didn't watch it while it was airing, but I did watch it um, when they started doing DVD l- releases. Yeah, my folks got it. It was a whole thing. Um, and so I started watching it that way. But anywho, so Cista and I had seen Buffy, which I have, I still have not seen season six I'm watching currently, and season seven I haven't watched. So, um, we've got those things to look forward to. But yeah. Brie had never seen any of Buffy ever. Well, that's not totally true. Oh, I saw it, like, the first couple episodes when it came out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But that was a long time ago and a lot less we do ago. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that's a thing. So, yeah. So we started watching Buffy, um, we had our weekly Buffy nights, and uh, that's kind of the inception of this dynamic threesome situation that's happening here, so yeah, so that started happening, we did Buffy every week, um, and then from that, you know, we had a lot of uh, conversations around pop culture, Cease and I have been going to Comic-Cons together for the past two years now. Um, and so once once we realized that we had this nerd kinship, <laughs> we, we really we really started exploring it and figuring out how we could branch out into other areas. Um, and so we've mentioned obviously Buffy on here, but also uh, the Potterotica podcast, and we've listened to a couple of other podcasts together as well. And and those were kind of the inception of the birth of uh, wait you haven't seen that so. Yes. That's our origin story. Um, that's the thing. We also might cover the Marvel Universe at some point, which is a big... That's a big... It's a big undertaking. That's a, a big ticket. That. That's a big ticket. It's a big undertaking. We'll, we'll figure it out if we end up doing that. But, uh, but yeah, so that's that's a little bit about our, our background and, and why we started this whole shebang. In the meantime, I did look up the budget of Star Wars A New Hope, and it was initially $11 million, so that is a pittance compared to a lot of other big blockbuster films, um, and it ended up raking in, uh, let's see, $461 million Oh my god. In yeah. the U.S., right. Wow. So yeah. this is... Is this, like, as big 
like abroad are people so over it? overseas i have the overseas number as well 314 million overseas wow. so yeah so yeah this was a bit. huge blockbuster movie i mean game changer in every sense of the word um and to, and to make a killing like that, you know, on something mm-hmm. that could be a franchise film. Oh, you want a pee? Um, but yeah, so that's, yeah, it's crazy. Right? It was a phenomenon. It was. It was. Mm-hmm. Cool. It really was. Changed, changed the whole landscape. Mm-hmm. So we, we haven't talked at all about something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and that's going to be music as well as sound production. <laughs> so... <laughs> I feel like we need to talk about both of those things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much you listen for that, Brie. How much do you pay attention to the kind of the, the music and sound stuff going on? Because well, that's I mean, kind of the, where my heart goes. The song is so iconic, iconic right? Yeah. So of course I've heard that. Um, sure, sure. You know, it's, it's, I feel like that's just kind of like hardwired in. Sure. But I feel like you're more set design and set yeah. design and like costume oriented. Um, whereas I feel like I tend to gravitate towards the the soundtracks and the, the music. Like, every time I walk out of a theater, I'm like, oh, did you hear that? Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and I always comment on the French horns and music oh. because that's what I played in school, so that's my OG, obviously. French horns, what up? Um, so, <laughs> but uh, this was one of John Williams' first ever scores, and, uh, and this was his biggest first iconic score, right? And, of course, he has gone on to do... Indiana Jones, Harry Potter, um, some uh, Jaws, right? Like so many, uh, like a lot of uh, Spielberg stuff. He's he's done so many incredible movie scores. Um, I feel like we'd be remiss to not talk about John Williams a little bit. Um, But yeah. What, sorry, what are your thoughts? No, well, just that... <laughs> Before we, I ran, ran Well, I never... I guess my... What I'm mainly looking for in when I, I don't know, watch... Things I I'm all character based. I I want character development, and I want yeah, like totally. I want to, do they feel real and stuff like that, regardless sure. of how fantastical the circumstances surrounding them. Sure. Um, but listening to Tiny Fences, which is a Buffy podcast, which is also very excellent, yes. um, they focus on the music score a lot, and that yeah. kind of like trained me to pay a little bit more attention. Yes. Yeah. And you and I... Amanda, my girl. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. Absolutely, she does. <laughs> uh, and then she shares it so we can all know, thank goodness. Yes. Um, but you and I at um, Denver Comic Con last year and the year before, we, we went to the uh, Denver Symphony Orchestra's uh, panel about the music of Star Wars. And it is amazing. I mean, obviously the folks who are doing the panel are incredibly enthusiastic and like it's very near and dear to their hearts mm-hmm. um and so that's infectious yeah. you know to like get excited about it but also just kind of the ways that the music you know they will use you know certain t- like each character has its own has their own little you know score or melody and then sure. when they want to connect characters they will like mirror that in some of the other characters i mean it's just like wh- I, there's a whole web of like that's just a whole other way that you can like support the story and like show the connections, show the disconnects, and all that kind of like juicy good drama stuff. But yeah, yeah very masterful. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it too. And I yeah, like Cisa said, we've we've gone to that panel for two years now, and holy shit, they do an amazing job. So just shout out to the Denver Symphony Orchestra. They do an incredible job um, at DCC every year um and they always play play licks of the songs and kind of go into 
the um you know really the music theory behind yeah. a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. and uh and kind of the inception of of how musical themes work um which is just so cool and i just nerd out so hard about it but um it's really interesting hearing yeah the the different themes per character the different like oh gosh like there's like a rebel theme and like a stormtrooper theme and like um, you know, like when when we went, they were talking about you know the character Ray um, and the newer series, but um, and and her theme, and it's just it's so interesting how they pick apart the melodies and how uh, and how they score accordingly, and now the newer scores are done by different composers, and I can't off the top of my head I can't remember the composers that are doing the newer stuff, um, but they all echo John Williams' work, mm-hmm. which is so terrific I just like god if I could just meet John Williams I would be so fucking happy I would freak out all the questions I would fangirl super hard it would be a whole thing um and he's gotta be getting old at this point but like he just does such incredible work I can't imagine having all of those moving parts in an orchestra and keeping keeping track of all of that um with different instruments taking different lyrical cues and like how to like match up like what instrument goes with what character and then how to like include that melody from that one time into like this right this totally. new development it's definitely a Ravenclaw right yeah. <laughs> gotta be I claim him as my own so yes. that's what's happening well and it's also so uh, that's happening right this whole like re I don't know since Disney took over the franchise and so now there's this like new energy there's a, yeah. in like different directions that they're taking it yeah. but the foundation is so solid and right. I feel like the music is a really good example of that like he created this like masterful foundation so that you know you can kind of hand the torch over and the new people who come in you know have great stuff to draw from and sure. they're not you know like remaking the wheel but right. they are bringing something like new and fresh and they're just you know crystallizing more and like creating which is you know that's the best part of you know getting into these worlds is kind of like you know, you loved it for one reason, and now you get to love it some more, and it gets to grow and shift in different ways, and yeah, totally. it is neat to see how they are totally, like, taking that task on, for Def- sure. Definitely, and I think George Lucas, when he, um, you know, was kind of looking back on the creation of A New Hope, um, I think he said, like, the one thing that really stuck out to him about the movie that he wasn't expecting uh, that he had kind of low expectations for, um, but ended up, like, being just a huge thing, was the music, um, by John Williams, and so, you know, I think the set, the set design, the costumes, right, like, the story arc, everything, um, and, like, and anything that he contributed, the directing and all of that stuff, he was like, yeah, that was all fine, but the music, that was, like, the (laughs) real fucking deal. did you hear the music? Yeah, did you guys hear the fucking music? Um, so yeah, I think that was like one of the biggest things for him, um, was when, when he watched the films for the first time and hearing the musical scores with it, um, I think he was blown away by it and just like taken aback and really saw the effect that it had kind of all put together because man, music really makes film. It really does. If you have a good composer and can really envision it in that way, um, with those musical scores, that's, that's it, you know, that's it. Like, it weaves everything together. It does. And it, it does it in a way that you're not always conscious of, but it yeah. is still always working towards the... Exactly. You know, the overall vision yeah. that everyone's going for. Yeah. yeah. It's so visceral, right? It speaks to something within you, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, and then speaking a little bit about sound design, um, 
anyone who enjoys those lightsaber fights, right? Um, <laughs> thinking about the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of that you know, as a kid. Right? Yes. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> so the, the sound effects for the lightsabers, um, they were brought about by those sweet fluorescent tubes, right? Um, and just hearing the hum and the buzz of those, that is how sound designers... And I can't remember who the fucking sound designers are right now, but, but anyway... Um, the, the sound design of it was initially inspired by those, um, and thinking about how, like, those, those lights could interact and that buzz sound kind of happening, Mm -hmm. um, and so that was, that was the initial spark of that sound design piece, um, and I'm not sure about, like, character language and stuff like that, I've never gotten into, um, so I have no idea, like, where the Jawas language, uh, emanated from, and then, like, some of those alien languages we saw, like, subtitled Mm -hmm. for. Totally no idea about those. I don't know if that fits into sound design, but I'm making it because it's language. So, <laughs> it feels like a tie-in to me, but um, yeah, I have no idea what the inception was for those things, because, like, obviously with uh, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien, um, you know, when he was coming up with languages, he holy took that shit, very he's seriously. a linguist! He's yeah. a... He's very serious about his languages, and I mean, would create whole alphabets and everything. I don't think George Lucas did the same. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I think it was something else. It was like he plays fast and loose. Fast a little loose. bit. Although there is that reference in uh, Garden State. Oh yeah. Where uh, he's like, oh, she's or she's like, oh, he like was speaking Klingon to me. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's that a Star is a thing. That's, that's a Star, Star Trek, Trek thing. Oh, <laughs> you guys, please, someone spoiled. <laughs> I cannot. I love it so much. Um, that yeah. is also a language Sorry. that's like very fleshed out, and yeah, yeah, Klingon is super fleshed out. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! I don't know who the creator was of that, but oh my god, amazing. Well, and the, <laughs> again with I don't know this this movie does such a good job of kind of like. You're thrown in a little bit to the world, uh-huh. but everything feels like it had attention to it, mm-hmm. you know? And so even if, even if, like, the Jawa language, for example, is not fully fleshed out, it has just enough of, right. like, this little bit of authenticity that it, like, feels, it, I don't know, it feels authentic for that the space that it's in and, like, sure. for the time that it serves kind of deal. Right. Yeah. And the same deal in, you know, the alien bar and just yeah. yeah all those but only like one alien is ever subtitled that's true yeah yeah the one the bounty hunter guy right cause they're having a conversation the with the cute jacket with the cute <laughs> with the cute jacket <laughs> yeah. episode title no um that's true they don't even and that's interesting too they don't subtitle Chewy no no but, but I think like, that's part of it right they yes. don't ever subtitle R2 either right mm-hmm. and that's I think it's it's with the understanding that they're going to explain it through other characters, right? Exactly. Like with Chewie, they explain it through Han. Mm-hmm. With R2, they explain it through C-3PO. Yep. So it's it's just like, you will you will be explained this in other ways, audience. Right. Settle the fuck down. Right. <laughs> well, it's like a less direct way to do it, but totally. also kind of feels like, well, you're part of the gang, and yeah. yeah, you don't know what they're saying, neither does Luke or whatever. Exactly. It feels more authentic. It feels like you're in, you're in it. You're in yeah, it. Yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, we're running around space with them and the Millennium <laughs> Falcon, and we can tell Chewie's upset, but we're not exactly sure what he said. I mean, we don't want to know. You right? Know, like. Exactly. He's gonna tear your fucking arms, arms off. <laughs> Let the Wookie win. 
But, uh, yes. but yeah, I, I like that too. I like that they don't explain everything. And I think that's something that's interesting about the, the crawl at the beginning as well, which we talked mm-hmm. about a little bit in our reaction video. But um, yeah, the crawl iconic right um in so many ways but uh it just kind of giving you the bearings of the story without going so in depth um right just kind of like three bullet point paragraphs of like here's what's up bros and just kind of like uh outlining the initial what you need to know context what you need to know before we begin our adventure with these guys but uh I think it's interesting that they don't over-explain anything and that they don't go into this long, drawn-out backstory, and then they never stop to be like, hey, here's what's happening. We're on Tatooine right now, right? Right. Here's the background of Tatooine. Here's why Luke Skywalker is living with his aunt and uncle, right? We don't go into all of that stuff, and I think it's a really great, authentic way of starting a story, right? Because nobody's ever going to stop and tell you where they grew up and where they're from and why exactly. they have all these things and like what their underlying values are but what you, kind of farmers are they <laughs> but also Brie asked what kind of farmers they were and both ceased and I were like I, I have no know. idea I have no idea I don't fucking know yeah. we don't ask those questions we're, no. just, we're just here for it <laughs> well and cause one of the hard things to do in uh, visual storytelling is exposition yeah right is some context, because if we have absolutely no context, then, then like, you're a the little too happening? lost, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. How and so yeah, the the scroll up initially a was made iconic, and so it's I mean very it's Star Wars. You immediately know you're watching Star Wars, mm-hmm. right? But it's also or space like balls. I mean Star Wars adjacent things as well. <laughs> 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 but also like it built bullet points some stuff for you it it's working with established you know like there is a large empire there is a rebel force there are people who are working against the empire that's a story we've all heard before but here is our take on it you know right. and it's an it's a yeah it's a little ingenious way to like get some of the exposition out of the way and some of the other stuff they do a good job of like showing not telling which i always very much appreciate yeah, for sure. You gotta you gotta listen a little bit, and yeah, right. but it will it will it will reveal totally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that too. Um, and then I think um, in in my notes, I also wanted to talk a little bit about that trash compactor scene. Oh yeah, I know we haven't we <laughs> haven't gotten super in depth with some of the scenes that play out. Um, but please watch our reaction video, and you will see all the things. Please subscribe to our Patreon. Um, <laughs> shameless plug. But, uh, I think one of the iconic scenes of Star Wars is that trash compactor scene. And what are your reactions of that, Brie? <laughs> there I was just, an eye roll, just so you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just, it seemed, again, like, you know, there, and how did, like, what happened with all the trash, the trash squid monster thing, like... Yeah, where does he go when right? it starts to move in? He just kind of disappeared. He, like, went away. I don't know. And, like, <laughs> suddenly it wasn't wet anymore. Her dress was still pretty white. Right. Uh, Questionable. Sure, sure. Questionable? And also, stuff. I think at that point I was just like, well, if everyone would just bone, like, everyone would be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so Bree's solution to anything is bone. Um, make I think, out. Right? Just make out. Make out. I feel like we Touch all... Tips. Yeah, yeah, we... <laughs> The three of us, I think, regularly 
I think when we separately watch things, I definitely know I do this at home. I just shout at the TV screen, make out! Uh-huh. Make out! Potter has ruined us. Potter yeah. has ruined us. It really is. It's true. We I'm not sorry about it. It just is, that's how it is now. It's what it yeah. is. It's the reality of, of our choices, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and how we just listen and react to things now. Um, but yeah, I, that trash compactor scene, I don't know. I felt like that was a weird choice. Yeah, sure. And it, then, like, the weird little... It's a good moment for character development, though, I will yes. say that. But Yep. Right? Because, like, Luke has... Well, for them to even get there in the first place, right, they, they're out of ideas, and Leia's like, nah, dudes, we're getting out of here. Leia like, takes charge. She takes charge. Yeah. Only one with the solution. Yeah. Right, exactly. And they trash her solution. Well, and then, like, they need to... They get back in touch with C-3PO and R2-D2. Mm-hmm. And Through that weird little, like, Rocket thing. intercom thing, right? And yeah. so, like Luke stepping like up to the plate like a little a more. Cooler object. Yeah, sure. Right. I mean, it's like a microphone, basically. But at the time, they didn't have cell phones yet, right? Like that's what. Yep. That's just a play off of like the existing technology, kind of. Yeah. 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 All right. Luke gets to you know be not crumple in a crisis kind of deal. You know, like take more action a little bit. His reaction. <laughs> Very underwhelmed. <laughs> Questionable. <laughs> Questionable. And well, like, I, no, I think it was like he his reaction when they didn't get smashed was mm-hmm. just so ridiculous. Oh, the, oh, the excitement reaction. Yeah. The like, and he was over like, the top. Yeah, we did. What are, you know, it was. Uh, I don't know. It was just <laughs> too much. I didn't enjoy it. I I think I just don't enjoy him. Which is fair. <laughs> We're not supposed to entirely enjoy him. I think at certain parts. Yeah, I but agree. That's the point. A little bit sometimes. Yeah, you know, I'm actually I'm curious what you guys think. What, who do you think we're supposed to be rooting for in this? Right, that's a good question. I'm kind of rooting for Rick Moranis. I'm sensing a trend. Forever. He's having a hard time forever like letting go balls. that this isn't spaceballs. I know, right? I'm like forever spaceballs. <laughs> forever spaceballs. Hashtag. Spaceballs forever. Oh my goodness. That is a good question. Who are we... I mean, clearly Luke is our... Is our protagonist. Mm-hmm. Right? But then Han, I think, you know, he's the rebel protagonist, right? Sure. Right. I mean, his... That's the thing. The like, Harrison... I feel like Harrison Ford's performance is what makes us question that. Because so clearly Luke is written to be the protagonist, but his portrayal of Han's... Of, you know, Harrison Ford's portrayal of Han Solo is so... You know, like, sometimes uh, one performance shines a little bit more, right? right? Where, like, he just really got that character. He, like, brought his own stuff to it. And you can't help... Like, you love... You love him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that is kind of why we question it a little bit. It's like, wait, who are we doing? We're definitely... love the fuck boy. Yeah. Well, yes. That, too. That might just <laughs> and be a Han Solo is definitely a fuck boy. <laughs> If there ever was one. It's true. Well, and in the compactor scene, too, he has a moment where Luke is going down, and right. he keeps the whole time, you know, he's like, oh, kid, I'm, like, not here for this. Like, right. there are all these points where he could have walked away, but he doesn't kind of deal. And then sure. in that moment, it's shown, like, he he's actually cares a little to, bit. He's trying to get him on that menage. Oh. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to get. Yeah. Oh, my God. And eventually we'll watch the Han Solo movie together. Cease and I went to go see that in theaters, so we'll we'll definitely do a watching of that with Bree as well. But because uh, that gives a lot more of his backstory as well. So it, when they become lovers, 
<laughs> this is this prior is pre, to this prior is pre to this meeting. Prior mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this yeah. is before Luke and Leia get in his world. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's true. He G fuck boy story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do. We wanna we wanna root for him. I think I mean I wanna root for him. Sure. And we're rooting for the rebellion. Sure, that's yeah. very clear. Yeah. 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 Our our aunt that's funny. We have not talked about Darth Vader at all, y'all. But he oh, and yeah. <laughs> oh, we need to talk about James Earl Jones and Darth Vader. Okay, we'll do that. Just Jesus to segue Christ. a little bit, I Lord. mean our antagonist is very clear. Yeah. And he Truth. is an excellent villain. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, like there there's like a kind of a Scooby Gang thing happening, right? Yeah. Of yeah. you know, like we're working together and we're all kind of pulled into this kind of deal, but he is like this clear dangerous presence right. that it you know is always creating like it, it's it's kind of like yeah they won this battle mm-hmm. but like what he's bringing is encroaching regardless is kind of what it feels like and he also has an excellent cape and that cape man that flourish swish. it almost reminds me of an Alan Rickman Snape situation <laughs> that billowing cloak I can't get over yep. it ever mm-hmm. I love it, just, it. Flip it, yeah. You just flip, and then do like little hair toss. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot um, of attitudes conveyed through that. Yeah, swish. Yeah, very, very emotive, very <laughs> expressive. Emotive yes. cape work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like emotive. Cape gotta work. be Is a that class, the title? right, God. baby? <laughs> okay, writing it down. Um. So compared to our our villain in Spaceballs. How does <laughs> his car- yeah, how does his counterpart in Star Wars Well, I mean measure I, up. Clearly Darth Vader is way more put together than Rick <laughs> He's like a bumbling idiot, the helmet always just like smashing his face. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Um and it seems like Darth Vader's got a handle on like the you know, the stormtroopers aren't scared of their balls all the time. <laughs> like they are in s- Spaceballs, you know. That's good. That's he good provides thing. security for his workers. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, okay. I, don't, I don't think he cares about his workers. They're just the minions, right? For right. sure. He doesn't give a fuck. Except for the guy with the cut face, you know? The oh, yeah, the yeah. general. Wow, oh, shit, what is his name? That character's name. It's like but, I mean, even Darth just so. still seems to only, like, tolerate him just barely. Right, he's very much, like, I I have this overarching agenda, and if you're helping with me with that, then I will tolerate you. If you are at General all... Tarkin. Tarkin. Sorry. There it is. Tarkin. Yeah, if you at all are an issue with that, nope, like, goodbye. That's enough. That's yep. enough from you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I like his no-nonsense attitude, you know? He's, like, down to get shit done. Yeah. Very much so. Very much so. Can we just talk about James Earl Jones yeah. though? Yes. Like God, info on that. Oh, his yeah. fucking voice. I love it. Um, I mean, obviously Mufasa, right? So there's childhood. That. Yes. Um, <laughs> just calls back to my Lion King obsession. Uh, but yeah. So sorry. What was your question on the bullshit of well, James Earl Jones? So like. Use his voice, but don't show his face. So uh, the deal is, sure. <laughs> the actor that they got to play um, Darth. Darth Vader uh, 
it turned out that his delivery wasn't working. Like, it just wasn't working. And so then George Lucas was like, nah, we're going to get James Earl Jones to, like, voice over everything. And I guess, like, he made that choice before they were done filming. And so, of course, that actor was, like, offended and, like, upset that, you know, he like, his performance wasn't really going to be in it. Besides, like, they, they were using his body, but, like, not, right? Um, which is fair. Which is fair. I would to be, be super upset, upset about right. that. Yeah. So then he made like, he, like he wouldn't do his lines. Essentially, he's like, we're not using them anyway. So like, fuck it, kind of deal. Right. And so he would like make, you know, he'd be like trying to like mess up takes and stuff. Like, yeah, he was like, Ooh, yeah, a little diva. A little bit. Yeah, a little, but it's yeah, right, right. But there is this. It is an interesting thing of you know like. The voice is so iconic, and it, I mean, spoiler alert, the dude under there is not black. Like, right. definitely not. Well, and so, like, did nope. James Earl Jones know kind of the deal before he went in on it, or like... I, I'm sure yes. he must okay. have. Yeah. James Earl Jones, yes. Yeah. Uh, so David Prowse, I think, was the... The actor who yeah. was, yeah, actually physically in the... Have they, like, done any follow-up interviews to see if he's still bitter? <laughs> I'm sure they have. I'm sure they have. Go on a deep YouTube dive, listeners. F- figure it out. Send us links. <laughs> Find us on Facebook. Um, right, because the, the credit things. goes to James Earl. Right, that's the that's the actor that they associate with yep. this incredibly impactful villain. Yep. And not right. Yep. Right. And not the actor who actually was the physicality like, of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Sucks to be him. Sorry about it, bro. Um. Yeah. Not. Not but great. As far as like. The better choice to be made, but like James Earl Jones has a fucking great voice. Yep. Yeah. You but cannot also, deny like, that. Would have really appreciated seeing any color in that. Any movie. person of color, I know. Yeah. yeah. So we, yeah, I won't go into it. I don't want to spoil anything. There will be people of color though. But like just token people. Yes, one hundred percent. One hundred percent tokenism. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true, and it, it's that is also keep, not keep, appreciated. Keep it in mind. 70s. 70s. 80s, yeah. right? This is, like, still shit that we've got going on in 2018, right? Like, uh, not doing tokenism, actually having racial representation that's accurate and not, like, disparaging and not, yeah, like... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the just, same deal with Leia. She's the only woman. Yeah, absolutely. In a whole galaxy. Yeah. You know, kind of deal. A, yeah, a exactly. Bunch well, of except for the ant. Right. Toasted. Yes. Yes, Aunt May. Oh, that's right. I forgot about her. See, she's so forgettable. She has like one line in there, and it's always like, "Luke, what are you doing, Luke? Luke, I need you to do Or just this. like, "Don't be too hard on the boy." Like right? that's kind of her role, and God. then she gets toasted. And yeah. what was that soup she was making? It was like a celery fennel soup or something. Yeah, oh, I, don't know. I just that, saw her like, like doing like heads of romaine were in there. I was like, "What's happening right now?" Or they was do it not have an equal issue over there, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole thing that's happening right now. Sorry, <laughs> we're dating this episode. <laughs> Or maybe they grow it on site. So maybe know, that's for what sure. They farm. That's what they farm. Fennel. Yeah. Fennel. <laughs> Alien fennel. Yeah, totally. Oh man. Yeah. It gets. That's a piece. Like, it changes, and we'll get into it. But like, yeah, it's not at all very like par for the course at the time, and like generally what and Hollywood struggles. Yeah, what Hollywood struggles with is like. You know, kind of proper representation. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Mm. 
And I will say, some of the fandom in Star Wars, and sorry if people are not going to like this, but like, you know, the casting of certain characters in this new series, I think having um, a black character, having a female Jedi, having um, an Asian woman in the new series of these Star Wars films, um, Last Jedi specifically, I think it's been a challenge, and it's been met with some racial bullshit, and it's been met with, like, hate, and that's that's not cool, and we're not down with that on this podcast, so if you got a problem with it, sorry about it, get the fuck out! There are other places on the internet to take that issue. Yeah. Yes. But, yeah, it's very true. It, it, again, part of it is, you know, representation obviously matters for a number of reasons. Sure. However, like, I think that is a good little example of how yeah when you change the representation then those who very much identified and maybe in ways that they didn't like fully understand but suddenly like the race becomes a very important issue when like the story isn't like perfectly catered to the way you are used to like stories being catered Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah you could use your imagination cap a little bit and like connect with a character that isn't exactly like you right what a concept right because the rest of us have to do that all the fucking time true story sorry true about story. it just saying yep yeah yep. so yeah it'll be it'll it'll continue to come up because yeah it's a lot of yeah white dudes in space white dudes in space episode title <laughs> <laughs> I do have a note here about stormtrooper tropes. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Let's talk about storm that. Stormtrooper tropes. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure this is a whole thing that you have a spiel on with, uh, what's it called? Spaceballs. Spaceballs. <laughs> really, I mean, just the covering of the gnats. <laughs> that they're always scared. <laughs> oh, Sarah Teague. That is our, too. that's our fourth member of this podcast, guys. If you heard a little bark, that's Tegan Wu, and don't worry, he will have a social media presence around this podcast, so <laughs> you will see his beautiful face and his sweet yawns he in is, due yeah. He's a princess Italian greyhound who loves when we watch films and movies, because he just gets to cuddle in under blankets between us and just, like, snuggle really hard. Accurate. Accurate. Yeah. So yeah. what were you thinking Slither when you princess. wrote down stormtrooper tropes? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's like a meme at this point, essentially. <laughs> but how it is very convenient for our our protagonist, however, you know, whoever yeah. we decide is our, the protagonist, the Menage. Uh huh. The Chewie. The, Sco- the Scooby Gang sure. running around. Um, that the stormtroopers cannot hit any of them with no. their blasters. Never. So they absolutely hit them <laughs> and that they are pretty expendable like 100%. they just die a lot like they sure do and yes. they also just stand they just stand around all the time right there's a lot of standing and like abandoning posts when that doesn't seem like the reasonable thing to do no yeah yeah this is like the red shirts in Star Trek. Very much so. Yeah, so if you guys are familiar with that, that is also, I mean, red shirts, they constantly die, and it's a whole they trope that's played out, mm-hmm. right? Um, yes, absolutely. Well, and the, I don't know if we, we talked about it, it's hard to tell, because we recorded this right after we watched it, like, what <clears throat> what we've already talked about and what was when we were watching the movie, but um, how the 
the Empire, the obviously their internal mission and the aesthetic is very reminiscent uh, and like based on um, Nazi aesthetic. And yeah. so the stormtrooper just kind of like being the soldier that like does what they're told, like sure. regardless of atroc like level of atrocity is mm -hmm. yeah, they're very much just like plain soldier kind of vibe. Oh, well, and, uh, Obi-Wan was like, oh, it's easy to manipulate the, like... Yeah, totally. What did he say? Like, the... He said they had feeble minds, I believe. Yes, uh, yeah. Feeble-minded. Yeah, he said you can Jedi mind-trick those with feeble minds. Yes, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which... God, yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to spoil anything. This is so it's hard. Right. No, it'll come back. Uh, like, God, it'll, it'll all come back. back. It'll it all come will. back. It will. It okay. will. But just to keep in mind that, yeah, the stormtroop, like, that role that they have and how they're pretty one-dimensional, yeah. that will that will become more important later, essentially. Yes. But, yeah. And, like, that role in, you know, military force and kind of that uh, mm -hmm. ex expectation out of that type of soldier, like, sure. you know, and just taking soldier. orders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Kind of, like, yeah. blindly accepting orders um, and... and rolling out tasks that you're told to do without questioning, without commentary. Um, that is something that runs through the heart of Star Wars, I think, mm -hmm. over and over again. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, Stormtroopers, yeah, they, they have terrible shots, uh, and, and they die frequently. I don't, you know, it's, it's just what happens. Uh, Stormtroopers, they're... Very expendable. They're super, yes. <laughs> super expendable. I do love it when Han and Luke obviously steal the armor. Yes. Um, that's a great time. And she's like, um, aren't you a little short to be a stormtrooper? And I was like, <laughs> okay, sassy Leia, just coming out, full force, no fucks given, just like... Who are you rescuing me? Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this Bumble, really... I would have skipped you. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. a swipe left. Um, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, and even, right, like, the storytelling for that part is really good, too, because we don't see the, like, on the Millennium Falcon, mm -hmm. the scuffle or interaction with the right. stormtroopers. We just hear it, and then we cut to, you know, like, seeing them, like, seen Chewbacca, you know, like, take out some of the other guys, and then, like, Luke pulls off his helmet, you know? Right. It's really efficient storytelling, and, like, yeah. ugh. And also just kind of like, yeah, I bet you couldn't afford to actually, like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to make some, you have to get a little creative with how you tell certain parts of the story when you can't fully act out every single piece, whether right. it be for time or money or, like, whatever it is. Yeah. But in a lot of, like, Ugh, that's the like best part about like finding those creative solutions and yeah it's it, it goes for a good laugh I guess yeah which is another pe like this movie is pretty funny yeah like, I agree you know there's a lot of points for some giggles Space and... Balls is funny <laughs> accurate <laughs> also it's a parody of so better be funnier <laughs> it'd be real sad if it wasn't actually right? that would have been a bummer <laughs> big fat bummer yeah. Absolutely. I, I do love the comedic moments in this movie. Um, they're pretty spot on. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, any, yeah. I mean, Harrison Ford, I think, his performance, we've talked about it a lot. I just am fangirling over Harrison Ford, but I yeah. love him, and I think he has a great, he's got good comedic timing, he's got a good sense of, like, you know, when to say something, when to hold back, when to pull punches, when not to. And uh, and he does. I think he does a great job of it. You know, I think he's a little hammy though. He is oh, well, very much 
so. Obviously, yeah. yeah. It it plays to the character, though, right? Because the character's meant to be kind of like... That wink at the end? (laughs) That wink. All the eye-fucking at the end in that room. I thought it was just like, (laughs) then they like pan away for a second and pan back and everyone's naked. Or Orgy has Let's, let's, uh, like, for this franchise, let's also, like, film a porn while we have everything set up everyone's like yeah. ready to go we got lighting, the lighting yep. music <laughs> check. let's yeah. do this but seriously though if if you guys if it's been a while since you've watched a new hope watch that very last scene seriously with harrison ford and uh mark hamill getting the medals at the end from carrie fisher because holy shit the eye fucking that goes yeah. on from harrison ford to carrie fisher is unparalleled but also, hamill is like also, he's down. not as adept, but he's like still trying. <laughs> he's just as enthusiastic. Yeah. He's like, I'm still here for this. I might be short, but I'm willing to compensate. And like, she was like, I don't it. want it's anything true. to do with this. Right, true. you guys, you you do that over there. Yeah, that's right? fine. I'm not here for that. No, and it does. It feels bit. like she's giving them medals for boning. Yeah, totally. The and Chewie doesn't get one because he didn't bone her. I mean, that's his choice. That's okay. There's something there. Boner, bone her, something. <laughs> Some sort of but um. Alright. Do you have anything else in your notes, Sister? Um, let's see. We pretty much covered it all, I think. Yeah, I feel like I've I will <laughs> I mean I I feel like the this whole experience has been it's been fun to as it always is. It's always fun to watch things with my friends. Like yeah, obviously. Um, but it is kind of neat to revisit something that is important to like my growing up, but that I haven't actually watched in a while. And yeah. so like it's a fun little yeah, check back in and kind of be like, Oh yeah, look at how you guys did that. Yeah. Or like, that's the choice you made? Okay. Alright. Questionable. <laughs> Some of this is questionable. Yeah, sure. exactly. And always a delight to come, like, peanut gallery with you guys. Mm-hmm. It's a good time. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yes. What was your first watching, like, brief final recap, final yeah, thoughts? Yeah, final takeaway. Notes? Well, um, yeah, I, I want to know where it was filmed. Oh, yeah, the location. Locations. Location. Hold on. Location, location, location. Let me look it up. I mean, mostly right where the farm, where we don't know what they grew, was... Tatooine. Very interested Tatooine. in the Tatooine planet. Wait, and is that the Spice Planet? No. That was a different that was planet a different that, planet. that was referenced. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There is a fair there is a fair amount of just kind of like references to other things that aren't necessarily important to the plot or like other planets, other uh I don't know, just like other people, other stuff that's going on that you don't need it to get it, like, and it might come back later, but, like, it kind of makes, it makes the universe get, feel filled out, I guess, that, like, there's stuff happening beyond what's happening on the screen, essentially, um, but yeah, Tatooine, I'm sure some of that was on location, it's a lot of sand. Yeah. Yeah, it, oh my gosh, I was just looking it up, um, Google, don't fail us. No, I know, it, (laughs) so, it's oh my gosh! It says, um, to Tunisia, 
Oh, Tanzania? No, not Tanzania. Tunisia? No? Tunisia. Oh. It's like a French colony or something? Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. T-U-N-I-S-I-A. Yeah. I know. I know Tanzania. That's... I was like, what the fuck? Who... Where is this? Um, so somewhere. Uh, yeah. Desert. Somewhere... Somewhere deserty. North Africa? North Africa, I think, yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's... I think that's where, um, those... Those desert scenes were shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then apart from that, it looks like somewhere in Norway. Oh. Oh. Oh, wait. That's episode five, though. Just kidding. That's coming. Just, shh, shh, don't Norway. <laughs> Norway okay. is coming. Norway is coming. Um, yeah. So, yeah, in episode four, it looks like Tunisia was the only one that was on location. Huh. Yep. Well, worth it. Worth Good. it. Good job, team. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess just to wrap up this episode um i know i'm like my final thoughts it was it was super fun watching it again and thinking about when i was a kid and watching this for the first time um and we've i just i'm so excited because we've got so much territory to cover in the future and it's gonna be awesome and i i love watching this stuff with brie she's great um our, our reaction stuff is super funny so definitely check that out if you get the chance. Um, and so you guys can find us on... Wait, you haven't seen that. Um, that'll be our handle for most things. Um, we're still in the creation phase at this point, so we're working on social media platforms, and uh, we'll, we'll be out there making a presence, though. And, uh, yeah, we should be doing bi-weekly episodes, so check us out every other week. And, um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Um, subscribe to our Patreon. Check us out on social media. And, uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, y'all. You can follow us on Instagram at wait, you haven't seen that. And also check out our website for some sweet, sweet merch. And if you want to see the circus in action, become a Patreon member for exclusive reaction videos and extra Princess Tegan content. If y'all were here for the shitstorm that was our pod, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. Tegan Wu sure would appreciate it.